From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. And we're back. It is Inside Texas High School Soccer, Episode 5, the uh, regional tournaments and the ticket to state, as we dubbed it. We are joined live by uh, by Coach Rafa Rafasi, Mr. Papa Sakuritis. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to... Uh, we made it to the uh, final week of the season, right? Final week, weekend, whatever you want to call it. But uh, before we do that, again, uh, you are watching Inside Texas High School Soccer, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you located in the San Antonio and Austin area, Central Texas area, you can find them. You can find them locally here in San Antonio in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And, on, and you can also get more info on what they're about at their website at collegepromotersusa.com. All right, man. So, hey, let's... Uh... Let's talk about the crazy, the crazy, wacky weekend that was regional tournaments. Uh, but I know before that, we kind of got to talk about our little, we kind of had, you and I both kind of had a wild, uh, wild weekend ourselves, right? Both uh, Saturday and then Sunday kind of took a different turn. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on our wild weekend that we had? Uh, it was one to remember. You know, <laughs> I know with me, it's <laughs> changed with a little uh, trouble with some vehicles. So any any mobile mechanics out there, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, anyone uh, anyone that can uh, that has a background in uh, in fixing uh, Mercedes, correct? Mercedes. What yeah. what model is it? By the way, the C three hundred. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. So yeah. So. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, we were, uh, and we'll talk a, a little bit about it, but we were doing our live, uh, live audio broadcast on Saturday from the region four, six, a, uh, tournament at, uh, Como Lander stadium here in, here in San Antonio. And then, uh, the plan was for Rafa to return. I was out of a, I was out of pocket on Sunday as I was taking care of family obligation, family obligations. But, uh, the plan was to have Rafa there, uh, in in attendance to on the calls for both regional finals and unfortunately we had a we had a man down as they say right yeah so initial thoughts uh before i know obviously we got a lot a lot to dive in 
We've got a couple of guests joining us today, which we're really excited about. But initial thoughts, just kind of briefly, before we dive into any particular actual specifics on any matches, Coach, what were just kind of what are your thoughts looking back on the weekend that was where um, as, as we were going into Friday and now here we are on Sunday, all the new information that you uh, that you now know? Yeah, it was like, you know, there were some games that, you know, were re like their third, like a third rematch, like a third appearance or or games that, you know, they faced last year in the same round or around before um, some new some some new surprise teams in the finals. Uh, surprise, and then as far as after Saturday, there were some surprise uh, results. And then, you know, and then now that we saw the the, the, the schedule, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting going into into next into next week. But like I said, it was like kind of like Pandora's box. You just didn't know where were you going to get. Um, and 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 that's what and that's when and really it's been like that the last few weeks. Right. In the playoffs. You know, even the even the first in the first playoff. By the ground, there were some surprises, you know. Right. And so, and that's but that's expected, I think, in every round. And it, and it, to be a, now at the last week, you know, we were just what wasn't just too long ago. We were just talking barely scrimmages, so it's gone pretty fast. So we're here at the last week, and I know a lot of teams have worked hard to get to this point, and and then they want to be holding that that trophy at the at the end at the, either at the end of Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Yeah, and, and you know one of the things too is it's really it's really important to not lose sight of of I, I think we we all have our moments, right? We all just kind of want this this rush to some sort of of you know of normalcy, right? That we had before <laughs> right before around February, mm -hmm. March of 2020. And uh, really important to know how far we've come, you know, the unfortunate piece of of what we've lost, what we've been through, but also how far we've come since when things just came to a you know, screeching halt back in March of uh, March, April of 2020. And then where we are, um, where we were last year, because last year, you know, we had this conversation. We were we were just hoping that we could make it to this time last year without any teams having to to scratch from the tournament uh be taken out because of, there was still a ton of COVID protocols right so um that was to me that was part of the exciting part about now seeing it this year right another year removed closer to some some more normalcy or new normalcy if if you will but for me that was one of the best things to take is that there were there were less and less uh, strict requirements in terms of the protocols and having to you know run the risk of of hey we're, we might have teams down we might we might have standout players down we might have coaches down because and then all the the particular protocols or not being able to have a significant amount of of fans supporters involved so all of that you know you and I both called you, you and I both called. Uh, a handful of games throughout the throughout this playoff stretch, and one of the things that we uh, that we noticed, one of the things that we highlighted was just the interaction of the crowds, right? The, not just the size of the crowds, but you could tell the crowds were really they were they were they were happy to be there. They were really they were they were stoked. They were really excited. Yeah, the, the thing is, like being kind of cheated out of it two years ago, 
you know, from the playoffs, you know, couldn't be there. And then last year, it was somewhat limited. We were kind of it was like walking on eggshells last year because we were still kind of kind of pre-vaccines and all that. We weren't sure how this, you know, is. And I guess the biggest year is like that we had some football teams in the fall that year had a drop because of COVID and so forth. So is this going to happen? And luckily that didn't happen this last year and this year. You know, it felt kind of normal, you know, like, like we normally have on the year before, you know, pre-COVID and so forth. So it's it's good to have be feeling back, normal, you know, have some normalcy and seeing crowds out there and, you know, you know, just I'm sure the parents are happy to see the players out there too, and and also the peers. Yeah, for sure, and and I think it's it's one more thing um, that again normalcy, and that's one of the things that we discussed that it does look like, unlike last year too, where it was this individual clear the stadium every time you were going to have to pay a certain price ticket for every single game, right? For coaches. Uh, I was glad to see that the UIL appears to be, at least my understanding and everything that I've seen, they appear to be going away from that uh, kind of offering the single, the single ticket pass option or the all tournament pass option. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think I, I wish the UIL kind of would change some of that, you know, just to kind of make it more fan friendly, you know, it's, is it about money and all that? You know, well, who's, who's, you know, does it go back to the player? I mean, go back to the schools, you know, that's another thing, but that's a whole other topic. But right, I, I think, I think, you know, you want to have, have it more fan friendly overall, you know, I know some, I've been to quite a few of those and, you know, some of the prizes are a little kind of little outrageous and so forth. But right. you know, if you want to kind of promote the sport and bring more fans in it, you know, you know, you kind of kind of have to be reasonable, and that's the whole point. You want to have, you want to fill up that stadium and so forth. And, um, and if you know, if not, you know, what what other location can we have it at? Where you, that's gonna be fan friendly. You know. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I know, and that was one of those things that I that we did want to highlight here brief, uh, briefly, um, where, and if you can, if you can see my uh my screen here so this is the soccer state tournament spectator information for Birkelbach field uh there in georgetown for the upcoming week uh so again this is courtesy of the uil website so you can see the uil uiltexas.org you go to the soccer the soccer state championship section under spectator information that's where you can find this information but uh Essentially, their purchase uh, their purchase ticket item options are single game with no re-entry, which is $15. I'm, I'm sorry, I misspoke on that. Not $5. And then your all-tournament, which is your all-tournament ticket, which will allow re-entry for, uh, for all matches. Uh, now, in addition to that, one of the things that I wanted to hit on is um, for those that may be new to uh, Berkelbach there, uh, Park, there will be a parking fee assessed of five dollars. So plan for the, plan for that. Under, you know, have cash that kind of thing. I know we've been largely going away from cash, but unless your school organization, for those of you that are traveling, unless they're sharing direct links as far as ticket purchase option for a digital ticket purchase or even for a parking pass, uh, just just readily available. And then, you know, obviously the live streaming live streaming will be carried for all of these matches by the via the NFHS network. And then the prohibited items. Again, you can find all of this information 
uh, via the UIL, uh, UIL website and just look up soccer state championships information. So, all right. So we're going to go ahead and bring in our next guest. He is coach, uh, coach David Bamel. I'm saying that right. Coach Bamel. Yes, you are. Bamel. Welcome coach. Thank you for having me. All right. He is the head, head men's soccer coach of the region four champion. I bet you like the sound of that, right? The region four champion. Absolutely. Uh, Lake Travis Cavaliers. So, Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Um, it's been it's been a roller coaster of a ride. I mean, you you, you get to celebrate a uh, a victory out there, but then your mind immediately turns to um, where's the next opponent and what's the plan going to be? How are we going to approach it? So it, it's um, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's continuously nerve wracking every single day. Right. And I see you took back to a. You took back to Austin with you a nice uh, San Antonio Fiesta coaches uh, sideline tan there from the weekend, right? I see. <laughs> I did. I did. It was, uh, man, it was warm out there yesterday. I felt bad for those boys having to play through that. I mean, all the credit in the world to all athletes that were on the field um, right. in that environment. I mean, you're talking uh, some heat. Yeah, I mean, it was it was unforgiving for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so Coach, tell us, obviously, very exciting weekend. Uh, you take uh, you take down in the regional regional semifinal on Friday. You went up against a very good Harlan Hawk squad, which obviously there's some there's some history between you all and them. The exact same places you saw them once again this year in, in the exact same place where you saw them last year in the regional semifinal. And then so you knew what you were going to get in them. And then uh, you were you were fortunate enough to get past them. And then you went up against a, a Reagan Rattler squad that was, you know, by all accounts playing, you know, you could argue playing some of the best uh, brand of soccer in the entire state. Mm-hmm. And you were able to uh, able to get the job done with versus them uh, yesterday. So tell us, take us through just briefly kind of your thoughts when you when you step back and assess the weekend, assess your boys, assess your coaching staff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm extremely pleased with um how we showed in both games. I mean, I think each team, Harlan and Reagan, like you said, were both playing um, excellent soccer out there and they both presented different forms. Um, you know, Harlan had very, very much so a large number of creative players, uh, very quick and shifty guys. They had an ability to stretch the field out a little bit, whereas Reagan um, had an incredible ability to be able to transition quickly from the defensive to, to the offensive side and to be able to get numbers forward. And, you know, um, my uh, the biggest takeaway that I have is just the ability of my defense and, you know, my goalkeeper holding midfielders um, to be able to adapt, to be able to work through and to only give up um, one goal to two teams that had proven that they were capable of being able to put the ball in the back of the net um, relatively easy. And so, you know, I, I mean, my my four players on my back line, um, Caleb Toker, Bernie Vargas Lopez, uh, Kyle Thompson and Trey Wright. I mean, they didn't come off the field um, for either of those two games. And they they fought through every single moment and did an exceptional job for us. And then with Adam Chance in the back behind them, you know, being only a sophomore, his capabilities to be able to come up big on some of those those shot stopping um moments and to be able to rise up in the difficult occasions. I mean, he 
couldn't have asked for a, a better job from him either. So very, very pleased by that. And then obviously our offense was able to work and do what they needed to do because of those defensive efforts. So, um, you know, I, I was very pleased with the performance from the team and for them to rise up in tough circumstances, both teams being essentially hometown teams and, and you know, some fans coming out for them. And, you know, not to say that we weren't able to bring some fans, but it, it was nowhere near the magnitude of what you saw from a, a Harlan or a Reagan group out there. So I'm um, extremely pleased. Yeah. Rafa? Uh, Coach, uh, uh, how do you feel about uh, as far as with your players' experience from last year's disappointment to this year? Do you think that made a big difference going to be able to kind of get through to the now punch your ticket and get into state? Uh, I, oh, absolutely, I do. I mean, you know, this group of seniors is one of the best groups that I've ever had the privilege of being able to coach. Um, six of them um, were varsity players as freshmen, and we ended up taking on a San Antonio Lee team that first year that we were there, uh, our first year that I had them, and that was in the third round, and we ended up obviously losing. They were an incredible team at that time, and then the COVID year was – year after that and we weren't able to really do much their sophomore year and then last year again like you said we made it to the regional finals and lost a heartbreaker to them so you can see that these guys had been in that moment before they knew what the expectation was um there weren't the 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 jitters of playoffs and knowing wow we're going up against some of these big names they, they knew who they were they were ready for them they were actually excited about being able to take on those tougher teams because I think that they were they were ready to want to prove themselves and they were ready to want to step up to that occasion. Yeah, and coach, so what you're going into this past weekend, right? You're going into game one, the semifinal versus Harlan, and then you're victorious and you immediately have to get ready for what was really what less than about approximately 18 hour, I think it was, turnaround, right? For that final versus Reagan. What what changed, if anything, or in terms of your approach from from the semifinal to the final in Harlan versus Reagan? Well, you know, we we, uh, we stayed in the hotel very close by in order for us to be able to, you know, keep a close eye on the guys and make sure that the mindset was right, help with making sure we got plenty of rest and everything. And, you know, that morning we woke up and, I mean, you could see it in the guys. They were they were already ready for that next game. You could see that they were um, excited for it. And, I, again, they've been very good stewards of being able to um, learn things about these teams we've been going up against and to, you know, soak that up and to be able to implement the, the necessary changes game in and game out. And so, you know, we were able, we were fortunate enough to be able to sit there in the stands, me and my assistant coach, um, Will Maloney, we were able to sit up there in the stands and get to watch, you know, how Reagan approached their style against Laredo Alexander. And we saw a lot of what they, the, the firepower that they brought offensively out there. And, and so, you know, I think that that kind of helped to be able to focus our attention because you saw how, how legitimate of a team they were and what they were capable of being able to do at, at this level. I mean, you're still talking a fourth round opponent. You're talking a team that was able to make it to a regional tournament and they were able to put, um, I believe six goals up against them. So, you know, that, that in and of itself is humbling, but yet it allows you to focus your attention on that next team that you're having to go up against and recognizing that each team presents their own problems and their own issues. And you just have to, as a, as a team and as a coach, 
you know, constantly make sure that you recognize that those those unique qualities are what have to be managed and and dealt with on a game to game basis. He is coach uh, David Bamel, the head men's soccer coach of the Region Four champion Lake Travis Cavaliers. So, coach, we start looking ahead for, uh, forward to this week, obviously, because you guys you guys get a little bit of time to. Uh, to to enjoy this past weekend right but you immediately got to start looking forward that's as coaches maybe the players a little longer but as coaches that's how we're wired right so mm-hmm. um so now tell us a little bit more you got to get ready for the woodlands this coming friday the 15th at 5 uh 5 p.m they're at Brucklebach. what are your uh your initial thoughts the preparations you and shout out to your assistant coach maloney for great work and coordinating being able to get you here today so i appreciate that coach uh, but what changes or what, what are the initial thoughts and as you look towards uh, the Woodlands? You know, uh, I mean, you, you can base a lot of it off of their, their success. I mean, a team that's only had one loss. Uh, it, it was to us in a preseason tournament at our tournament. And so, you know, it was right there smack dab in the middle of when um, COVID was kind of a, a big deal. And I know that there were some people who were missing from both squads on something like that. So right. I don't think that that game is a true representation of what what the intensity level is going to be of, of this this next time that we play them. Um, obviously, they've done everything that they have to in order to be successful for the last, you know, I, I mean, what was it, 18 games or something like that that they haven't, they've been on some degree of a win streak out there and so you know they they've got the pieces they they've put them together themselves and no doubt um it's going to be a tough one to prepare for i i have no doubts that they're going to bring their a game and they're going to be challenging Rafa. yeah coach how, how do you feel as far as i know a lot of the tension goes to especially in the state turn to the dallas area teams how do you how do you stack up with, with some like i said with a you know with the kd seven lakes and also with um with Plano, you know, how do your players feel about going into playing these type of teams, you know, and, you know, the possibility of playing these teams in, in the final? Sure. Um, you know, and, and that's uh, it's a great point that you bring up because, you know, we had the opportunity in preseason to be able to go to the North Texas Elite Showcase up there, Capel and Marcus High School, and um, incredible tournament because you've got some of the most, the highest top-notch teams out there. And, you know, while we were there, first round, we got to take on Keller, who, who made it to uh, the regional finals and lost to Plano there. So we, we've, we played a Keller squad and, and we played a McKinney Boyd, who made it to the regional tournament themselves, played an Irving, who I believe made it to the third round. So all three top notch teams that we were able to play up there uh, definitely brought us um brought us to a level of what we knew we were going to have to be able to compete at once we got into this this stage of the game. And so I think it gave us a little bit of preparation, gave us a little bit of, um, you know, the, the mindfulness necessary to go up against some of those tough Dallas teams that are out there. But, I mean, again, it, it's later in the year. It's I mean, it's a state tournament. Everybody knows anything can happen at this point in time. And everybody knows that, you know, those teams out of Dallas, the teams out of Houston, they, they – they present some very talented players and some some very uh, difficult circumstances to to undergo. So, coach, when you look back, you look back and you assess your squad this year versus last year. 
And obviously, if they, a team can vary in terms of just attitudes, personality, the personality maybe a squad can take on from year to year. What what is there anything that's really different at all or slightly different? Anything you can put your finger on from uh, in terms of last year's group versus this year's group uh, and them being able to break break through this year? You know, I think that there's uh, I, I'm not, there's a tad more focus this year. I think that because of the number of players last year who were juniors that were on the team and played significant minutes for us, I think that there was a bit of um, a, a little bit more relaxed because, you know, they maybe they didn't see the magnitude of it being their final season at, at Lake Travis. And so I think that there's a hyper-focused attitude amongst them and you know between you know bernie vargas lopez who is my captain with along with ben platt another captain and, and you know those those guys have really been able to drive um the, the the bus going forward and they've really been able to help me behind the scenes with those players and, and keeping them all intact uh and not to mention that with the number of guys who have been on the varsity team for multiple years Every single one of them, I think, is recognizing that this is a real opportunity for us to be able to be successful. Not that we didn't have that opportunity last year, but everybody saw what we were capable of last year. And then to return the players back that we had, they knew that this was um, an opportunity for us to that, that we didn't want to squander, that we wanted to give ourselves a chance at being successful on. And so I think that that's helped them to stay focused. I think that that's helped them to continue to t approach every single game with the proper mentality. And I think that that's ultimately given us that little bit of an edge uh, game in and game out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. Absolutely. And again, he is coach, uh, coach David Bamel, the head men's soccer coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers. They are the region region four champions headed to Berkelbach field for the uh, state tournament there. They will play in the first six, a semifinal, which is slated for, Friday, April 15th at 5 p.m., and they will take on the Woodlands, followed by the second match, the second 6A Bowl semifinal, which is slated for approximately 7.30 p.m., that last match of uh, April 15th, which will take place versus uh, Katie Seven Lakes and Plano. So that's two other monsters on the other side, <laughs> on the other side of the bracket, right? So, uh, Coach, this has been exceptional. We uh, we appreciate you. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for your time. And uh, we know you all, you will represent, your boys will represent uh, Lake Travis community, Region 4 community uh, exceptionally well at the uh, upcoming state tournament. And we wish you the absolute best of luck. I thank you very much for having me. And yeah, no, I, I can't wait. It's exciting stuff for these guys. Hopefully, hopefully we're able to win some games here. Hopefully we're <laughs> able to do some good things. Absolutely. Thank you again, coach. We appreciate you. Best of luck. Have a good night. Thank you Thanks. so much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, man. So gave some good info there. Um, pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Coach Bamel for joining us. Uh, what are your uh, what are your thoughts, impressions from especially, you know, we got to see them. We got to you got to see them more than I did this year. Um, but I know we got to see them both on Friday. What what are your thoughts and seeing them going forward? I mean, he, he kind of laid out a good blueprint as far as how to build, how to be prepared and going into the playoffs, like he mentioned about playing that Northeast Elite Showcase, and I know he had the one there, the the Austin Lakes Showcase, 
I think if you're a team that's on the cusp of maybe breaking out of the second or third round quarterfinals, you know, you know, like you mentioned, you have to play these elite teams to be familiar, not only how, as far as game speed and talent and so forth, but just, just at the level of the type of games that your players can get accustomed to, that, that way they're more prepared. And, and I think, as he mentioned, he played Keller. Uh, Keller was one of the favorites, uh, the Irving team. And, and so far, I think, what was the other mentioned team? Uh, the McKinney-Boyd. And, 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 and I think if you're a, a team out there, and then there are some things out there that cause I know we've talked about in the or with our you know San Antonio Soccer Showcase in our area that they're just about the you know take looking at taking that next step. I think I think this is a good blueprint right here as far as a program with how to take it up a notch. And he's done a great job there at Lake Travis, and you know kudos to them. And then, like I said, you can also tell the players they really had they were very organized and they're very they weren't unfazed. They were very focused and. And they knew, I guess, from the last year's disappointment, to turn that around to be to you know make their their mission. To, hey, you know we have the talent enough to get to get break you know break the door down and get into the state tournament. And you know they might they could have like I said they could have a chance. I think they have a chance to win it all. If you know sometimes you do need luck. You know you know not only the talent and the players and so forth, but sometimes you need luck. And I think they're to what they did to two top quality teams just allow yeah. one goal. Yeah. That's, that's something, and you know, if, I, if I'm, I'm, you know, I know this is a rematch of a game earlier. And he mentioned, you know, there are missing players. You know, there's, a, it, it's going to be tough for them. You know, if they can get by this game, you know, who's to say they can't knock off Plano or Semilex in that final? Right. Yeah. And you know, we have two two Houston schools in that, you know, in that group with them, and then obviously Plano out of the Metroplex. But, um, you know, for their sake, I'm really hoping that they're not discounting uh lake travis's uh the journey that they took to get here because really that journey is about it, it goes back to last year right but then but for them to knock off an exceptional you know harlan squad and he said it best you know in both in harlan and then we've seen it plenty of times in reagan this year that they can score they can score quickly right they can score in mm -hmm. bunches and for them to be able to you know come you know emerge victorious and you know in the way i, I think the surprise too was probably how they kind of, how they did it uh yesterday versus Reagan right I think oh, it would have been easier to I guess having seen Reagan enough this year I think it would have been easier to understand if it was kind of a, a shootout a three two you know four three kind of thing or or something that went to extra time but you know convincingly to win it convincingly so to speak and and a shutout I think that that kudos to them you know we saw it back on Friday in terms of how they responded um, it was a good character response oh, wow. on, on Friday. You know, they, they scored the goal. I'm in the middle of reviewing, you know, calling that the uh, reviewing their, the play, the, the goal for Lake Travis. And then Harlan turns right back around like 40 seconds later and scores. And so you, those kind of moments in big games like that, they can take your momentum from you. Right. It's like, and, uh, and then they bounced right back, you know, they yeah. bounced right back. And so, so yeah, I think it was, um, I think I think they have a legitimate. Obviously, they have a legitimate shot. They deserve to be there, and uh, we wish them the absolute best of luck. So, coach, we start looking. Uh, we look back briefly before we bring on our next guest. We look back these regional tournaments uh, that took place all across the states, all four regions. Uh, we had some surprises. We had uh, 
you know, the our last real Cinderella, if you will, in uh, Austin Northeast early college prep. Uh, finally, you know, unfortunately, finally fell in the regional final. I know we were we were looking forward to being able to cover that one a little bit more. Uh, my uh, my Mejia boys that I was uh, personally just personally pulling for, right, just because it's it's the awesome story. Uh, they fell as well early in the uh, in the semifinals. So, uh, what are some of the matches when you look back at a regional tournament that you kind of wanted to highlight today that really caught your attention? I think the one that was really, I think it was really anticipated because I talked to their, I talked to the parents a couple of weeks ago in Castroville and that was the, it was the Bernie Lady Greyhounds. And like I said, I had a pleasure watching, you know, seeing their game, live streaming their playoff game. And, um, you know, they, they had, they struggled that first half against Uvalde and then, they almost allowed a goal to you know to get tied up, and then after that moment, something clicked. And from that point on to now, to get into the regional final, they were on it, and they, you know, they took it up a notch. And I know they were looking forward to this game against Kyle because you know they were disappointed with last year because they were, you know. Callen was is, hasn't been known for soccer and so forth, and Bernie has that pedigree, that name, that tradition, and everybody thought, okay, they'll they should have no problem in this game, and and they got beat. And I think this right. year they, they, the coaches had them really, really focused, and I think they they had something to prove, and and they took care of business, and now they're going, like I said, just like the boys, <laughs> they're going to be going to to Georgetown uh, next week, and. They, I think they have a legitimate shot to to win it all too. I know it's going to be tough because they did get a tough draw, which right. we'll speak in a bit. And but you know they can't count out on that. You know count out that team. And you know kudos to them. They they've took it up another level. You know especially for a team that didn't win district. It was a disappointing year for them, district wise. But yeah, playoffs. That's where it counts, and and they're making right. the full advantage of it. Yeah, and and again, looking back at the that upcoming uh, that upcoming for a state tournament schedule, uh, which will start on that'll kick everything off on Wednesday, April thirteenth. First match, they are in the very first match of the tournament. They will be uh, eleven a.m. for a girls semifinal match between the Bernie Greyhounds. This is girls again, the girls for a state tournament. Uh, Bernie Greyhounds and the Salina Bobcats, followed by the. 130 girls semifinal between Lumberton and Midlothian Heritage. Lumberton also with a very big win over a team I had labeled uh, kind of one of my dark horses in Bay City, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and then taking on the defending the defending state champ there, Midlothian Heritage. So, I mean, that's that's a loaded group, right? That's a very loaded group. Um, so yeah, so pretty uh, pretty interesting. Uh, what else, coach? Um, another one is like uh, I, I guess a team that that refuses to relinquish their their state title, and that's the Frisco Wakeland boys, right? You know, and, and the girls too. Yeah. You know, well they you know they didn't win the title last year. I mean they, you know, they're not they're, especially the boys. They're not out. Yeah, we finished second place. We're not relinquishing. We're not going to let go anything until. Until someone finally beats us, and you know, kudos to them. I think this is what their fifth straight, I think fourth or fifth straight state tournament. 
I, I believe it's, it's got to be. It's got to be. I think it's. I think it's fifth. Yeah. So they, they like I said, for them to to have a program that goes five straight into the state tournament and then win, I think four out of the five, well three out of the last five, that says something about your program. That's where you want to be at. But they got an interesting matchup with a team that nobody had on the radar or really wasn't, I guess, not really known for soccer is that that Fort Worth Trimble Tech team. Right. And they've, they're kind of like a mini little, I guess you can say somewhat of a Cinderella because, you know, Fort Worth ISD is not really known for their soccer. And for them to get to this point, you know, if I'm Frisco Wakeland, I'd be worried about a little worry on them because, like I said, that that's an even more hungrier team going, you know, going into this game. So, yeah, uh, but it's going to be a great matchup. We got two Metroplex teams going at it. So, yeah, but absolutely, you know, yeah, that's absolutely well said. That's shout out to uh, Fort Worth ISD who put out multiple strong teams this year. So I know in in talking with a couple of coaches as well. So yeah. Um, Trimble Tech, I think if a lot of people told you they they uh you know they had them on the radar, I don't think they'd be entirely they'd be they would be entirely truthful there. But I think this is this is awesome. It, it definitely and how will you know will will the moment be too much for them given the history of Frisco Wakeland? And how does just like you said, how does Frisco Wakeland respond? How do they approach a probably a, a team out of a traditionally speaking out of a maybe a an ISD that they're not as familiar with uh, in terms of at this level right yeah well if you look at the Frisco ISD I mean you got I think what 11 almost 12 high schools too soon to be you would think hey that would hurt talent because all the talent would be scattered all over different schools but Frisco Wakeland's just kind of as you can say it's just built a dynasty that you don't really, really haven't really seen here in high school soccer in a while. It's it's been a while that we've seen a kind of like a dynasty, you know. Maybe the last time, maybe as you can say, um, I try to think back. Way who really like like a, maybe like a Friendswood or you know, like the Friendswood girls. You know, they've kind of built like a little had a little dynasty for a while, um, but for the, for them to keep on winning, winning, winning. You know they don't they don't they don't they don't rebuild they reload and yeah, that's yeah. going to be you know that's props to the coaching staff over there. Absolutely, incredibly consistent. Yeah, absolutely. And another one that we cannot ignore. I know that um, we uh, we've covered both programs pretty regularly on this show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was kind of a a big shocker, and then yet somehow I think to you and I. Not an not entirely a big shocker either was the um, in five A girls Bernie champion taking down taking down the defending state champion uh, Dripping Springs uh, Tigers. What are uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's it's like the cliche goes. You know, it's tough to beat a team three times, and you know, and and, and many thought you know the way Dripping Springs was winning games. You know, you you thought, well, I don't think anybody's, especially that game against Cedar Park when they put six six goals, and that was the same team that they beat for the regional final the year before, right? And and that one I think went to overtime. I think PKs as well. So you were, you know, you thought, okay, well, this is pretty much like the group. Like Harry from our show, the the 
he thought it was gonna be the Drooping Springs Invitational Tournament, but but you gotta give kudos to, to Bernie Champion because you know they had a close one with them. And I know we went to the first game and yeah, they got they got outplayed in that you know in that second half. You know they went toe to toe from early on, but then Drooping Springs took a pretty much full control in that second half and you know ended up winning you know pulling away. But that second game, you know, they had a lead. They were down a player, and yet they end up losing two to one. But I think they took away, like we talked about, they took away something from that game. Right. And I think they used that for motivation and also the game plan. If we face them again, more likely they thought, okay, we're probably going to face them again, be able to, to find a way to beat them. Whether through you know is going to be in regular time, overtime, or in PKs, they were able to execute a plan to get to that to give themselves a chance. And I think I think also it starts with them winning that that big game over, over Liberty Hill. Kind of kind of started that winning that game really kind of raised or raised our game. And so they could say, hey, we can knock off one big team. I think we can do another one here. And and they did. And you know, kudos to them. You know, and don't the can't you know the you know can't you know even though they knocked them off you know because looking at the other you know teams in the four A and I mean excuse me in five A girls you know they might not be the favorites going in but you cannot count them you cannot yeah. keep on them because they took out the the, the quote unquote the, the giant right. you know and great grapevine's gonna have their hands full and. You know, and and now I'm sure in the back of their mind, it's like now it's like, oh, you know, we we better play our A game or not. We're gonna get knocked off at Bernie Champion. Right. Yeah. And you know, shout out to shout out to Coach Carol Walters, who's been on the show. She was just on the show last uh, last week, actually. And uh, we knew she. You know, we had talked about it, right? We talked about it uh, Friday in our post post match wrap up at the end of all all of our calls was that if we knew that if there was any team that was in position to possibly uh, knock off Dripping Springs, it was going to be Bernie Champion, just because of how how well they knew them, how often they've seen them. And just like you said, there was kind of a, a moral victory, if you will, that was taken in that second district match, right? When when they lost to them 2-1, two, two to one, but played that match incredibly tight, incredibly competitive, Force Dripping Springs to to take it to that next that extra level to pull out the win at home. This was at Dripping in in Dripping Springs, uh, and they were down a player for I think about sixty about sixty minutes of that match, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, and and it showed it 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 showed um, it showed yesterday, and uh, you know, so uh, unfortunate, but congratulations also on an incredible season to. Uh, to the Dripping Springs Tigers, you know, I know they were, it's incredibly hard to defend a state title and they were coming off of, they were attempting to maybe be that first, I think that first Austin squad to win back-to-back state titles. They had, I think the longest or one of the long, they might've had the longest active, I think, winning streak in the state. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, uh, so yeah, so you know, that's going to have the attention of Grapevine who they're going to see next uh, so again, these matches, these 5A matches are slated for Thursday, April 14th, uh, the first match, and they will kick off the day on, fr- on Thursday, April 14th. 
At 9.30 a.m., the first 5A girls semifinal match will take place between Magnolia and Frisco Wakeland, followed by, at approximately 12 p.m., the second 5A girls semifinal between Grapevine and Bernie Champion. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring in our next uh, our next guest. He is Mr. Mike Youngblood of the Texan Live. Mike, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, it's, it's been kind of a grind through these past couple of weeks. I know you guys probably be going at it harder than... Uh, even than I have or anybody at our network has. So it was just kind of nice waking up this morning on, you know what, I don't, I don't have anything to do with it out of the blue. It's like, okay, let's just do a podcast. Yeah, there you go. So, so, and you thought you weren't going to do anything today, right? I wasn't really planning. It's just going to be kind of occupied by my dogs. And I don't know if you can see it backstage where I have my right. foster puppy. It just won't give me a minute to breathe. So uh, this is kind of like my 15-minute uh, break from having to do, like, real responsible things, I think, today. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll try. We promise not to keep you too long. Uh, but so, uh, obviously, in, in addition, one of the things you do is you're one of, uh, you're one of the, the main voices also for uh, Lake Travis Athletics, cover a lot of them. But not only them, obviously, in your coverage of the Texan Live. But So we'll get to that later. But first off, thoughts? I know you were covering – uh, you've been covering matches all the entire playoffs, uh, and but any thoughts on maybe your regional tournament matches that you covered this past weekend? Uh, probably the one thing that first sticks out is just how much the wind played into just it seemed like every single match that was happening to determine team strategy or just how they were going to have to execute. And uh, I mean, that, that's just for the, the, of the general sense as to like what I saw. I did the region two. Uh, regional semifinals uh, for both boys and girls uh, out of Kelly Reeves out in Round Rock. And it was some pretty good matches for the most part. Uh, Rockwall wind up taking it in girls in the Woodlands. Uh, fended off was probably one of the oddest finishes I've ever seen uh, against Lake Rich in the semifinals. Uh, I, I could go on about what happened in that one. And then uh, Houston... Uh, MacArthur takes down Duncanville, which Duncanville had a yeah. lot of pizzazz, a lot of talent. You're just like, wow, these guys can really do some things. And MacArthur yeah. was just more rock solid. They just didn't make any mistakes, and Duncanville just couldn't quite put it together. So they, the Generals wound up putting a really good effort against the Woodlands, but uh, the Highlanders were just very, very rock solid defensively. I mean, it was not the most glamorous couple of matches to watch, but I think as, as I've done more – I've grown more appreciation for, for the teams that can really lock down or defend, even if it's not, you know, a blitzkrieg of goals or exciting plays. Like, it's, it's pretty effective in winning matches when you need to, especially when the elements right. aren't, you know, are necessarily under control. Right, yeah. The uh, the motto of the saying of defense wins championships, it really, start, it really shows up this time of year, doesn't it? No, 100%. And, and I mean, that was... The Woodlands' biggest advantage. I mean, they've, they've got talented midfielders and guys who create. So, are, are they going to be t matched up against Lake Travis? I haven't officially mm -hmm. seen the uh, the matchup. So, I mean, we'll probably get in loop back around to that. But it was it was interesting to see how teams were trying to manage the fact that knowing you have the semifinal, then you have to go play right back away uh, the, the the following day. I, I don't know how soccer coaches get any sleep at night knowing how <laughs> – how to best balance that to make sure that right. you've got your team in rhythm and rested and hungry 
uh, there, there seems to be no perfect recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely not. That's That's been one of the things that we've kind of hashed out quite a bit here in terms of the thought process, the, the method between how how the UIL handles these traditional regional tournament formats, right? Whereas, you know, when you were here last year, you were, you know, you were calling these matches for the first time and uh, you, you got to see it under a totally different experience, right? That, you know, that regional, that regional semifinal took place on a, on a Tuesday regional final took place on a Friday, right? I know you remember you were, you were on that call for that famous regional final between the eventual 6A state champion in San Antonio Lee and uh, Lake Travis. Um, so, I mean, from your perspective, what is there anything that stands out to you there? Um, I guess it's just a matter of like how you use your depth. Um, I mean, from a coverage standpoint, it was remarkable just for us, I think, as a network that wanted want to give everybody your due, just that uh, to, to be able to cover the District 2 finals, cover the District 4, and I believe uh, the District 3 as well. Like that, that, That's a big accomplishment, I think, for our network, just the fact that we're, we're trying to get soccer more visible and more accessible and, you know, have enough quality that, you know, that we actually serve the community pretty well. So I, I think that when I was looking at that this past week, and I was really proud to see that we had, not you know 4a 5a 6a some representation and yeah it, it, it's a it's a controversial topic because everybody in the media side wants to, to have their fair stake and uh represent their communities and in a texan live and nfhs there, there's all this that it, it's kind of hard to explain as to how these things get allocated who has the rights and right i think just from a media standpoint to to be able to cover things like this and take in a new perspective see different teams learned a little bit more uh you know it's a cavalier homer self self-described <laughs> I, I was kind of was bummed i didn't get to do it but at least i knew that i could watch it when my matches were done so i, I think that that was a positive for sure right rafa um any any one game that really caught your eye this weekend that you're like wow this team that uh, you think it's probably gonna that one the regional final is gonna you think it's probably gonna win the state title <clears throat> Probably that Lake Travis Harlan result, just because you knew, you know, Harlan was on that same mission as Lake Travis was trying to eventually lift the loss against San Antonio Lee. So you knew that, I mean, I think it was even quoted in the paper too, that this wasn't just a game, like this was the Hawks' complete full effort. And I think for you know, Lake Travis to still come away with that with a 3 1 win. And great job by you guys. I, I, when I came back and I finished my match, I, I pulled it up on Twitter because it's much. You know, it's much safer to listen to commentary. Uh, yeah, Tommy Yarsh does a great job for us. Trevor Bullard did the, the regional final. So, you know, I always can pass the baton on to really qualified guys that, that work their tails off to try to be good. But I was like, I want to hear what both of you guys had to say. It's been so fun to get more familiar with the community, thanks to you guys. You've kind of ushered me into this, and I blame this all on you two. You guys did such good work that I'm like, all right, this is, this is a great community. I was gonna have to have us on the text and do do some commentary. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was my hope was at some point I'd be, be able to to have your expertise on. Yes, yeah. you know I I don't know enough about the game. I, I understand the play by play aspect of it, but I can't tell you what formation, who beats what, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I feel like a fraud. Like I don't even know why I'm here, but. Uh, <laughs> 
it, it was very eye-opening to hear you guys kind of talk about the game in a way that me working on the most basic 101 level, I'm like, okay, these, uh, these guys know what they're talking about. It's great. Well, you know, in, a, in your short amount of time, I can tell you going back to last year, right, is I didn't know this until obviously when we started bringing you on last year during the, uh, the playoff push and then at, really after the playoffs, uh, after the state tournament, um, you did an exceptional job covering. Thanks, and like I said, you you were on that call again for what many people considered what was really the uh, the de facto state <laughs> state final right between uh, Lake Travis and uh, San Antonio Lee, which I mentioned previously. And you, you know, you've done, you know, all kidding aside, you've done an exceptional job. Uh, Texan Live has done. I I've noticed it just in in the last three years the push in terms of just the coverage for you know for the game for Texas high school soccer. So that's that's appreciated. Uh, obviously, some people have different opinions on that. You you dove into that briefly about the, the the broadcasting rights and what have you, especially when you start talking about the state playoffs and then state tournaments, a whole other can of worms, but yeah, we, we understand, but now you've done a, you've done an exceptional job. Um, so obviously you've looked, you know, you, you already proclaimed yourself as the, uh, the Lake Travis Homer, but you know, you got a couple of other Austin schools there uh, making the trip there who, who will essentially kind of be playing home games. Right. So we talked about the dripping spring boys taking on Katie Jordan, uh, in the that'll be the first 5A boys semifinal on uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. And then you have uh, then you have also the uh, Austin uh, Austin Westlake Chaparrales, uh, the Lady Chaparrales uh, take they'll have the second game on Friday the 15th, uh, the second 6A girls semifinal game at noon versus uh, a behemoth in South Lake Carroll. What are uh, what are some of your thoughts on it when you look at you look at those other two squads before we kind of dive into Lake Travis? Yeah, for, well, first, thank you. Uh, that that's uh, incredibly nice things to say. I, I feel like I have the out of the type of work that we do for play by play for just say like single schools. Like I think I have the best job, pretty much in the city and this area and the state to be able to cover Lake Travis, everything, and also still have the opportunity when we go to. Uh, you know, football, baseball, basketball. Like once we get to the regional tournaments, we, we, we get the half coverage of it. So I, I have not really been able to see anything on Dripping Springs. This is, I think, going to be their last year in 5A before before they jump up into 6A. So, you know, <laughs> the window is fantastic. I wish I could tell you more about it just because I have, you know, my, my irons and so many different fires. So apologize, Tiger Nation. I, I did baseball there for five years. I should know this, but uh they're a growing community with just fantastic people at the helm everywhere that that, that care about all their sports so I, I have no doubt that uh they're they're gonna be a tough out to be for anybody so uh on the Westlake side like I mean you this was maybe not as anticipated of a run in the preseason when you looked at the top 10 that was put together by the Austin Statesman. Yeah, they were they were six, and I thought, well, okay, maybe this might be a decent year for them, and you know, wind up uh, finishing second in the district, uh, losing twice to Lake Travis, that unfortunately got jettisoned early on just a, a day that wasn't theirs. But you know, circling back to what we talked to, of just like when they're an excellent defensive team, you've got more paths to get deep than you may, may have if you're just a strong offensive team, and you just are not. I mean, you're going to have to win a certain way, so. 
I mean, the, the fact that they had dominated Reagan at that level to the point that, by all accounts, really hadn't given up any quality chances is just like, okay, that this is a community that continues to, to build its soccer community from the ground up. And I think we're starting to see with uh, yeah, so many people moving in here, and especially in those communities that uh, this, the soccer community is one of, of a huge benefit that gets to see a lot of new growth. So I, I have no doubt last night's going to be a tough out. And uh, I mean, this is just a tremendous year of, of this class uh, between all around the schools. It's just been unbelievable to see sport to sport to sport they're just like oh my gosh there's another kid that's just fantastic and i don't know how i keep up with all of it there's literally like four different programs i'm gonna follow between the you know softball basketball boys and girls uh mental women's soccer like all happening once so uh i just try to give everybody as much of their due as possible and uh try to be as good a representative for our network and for lake travis and uh hopefully for throughout the state of texas yeah, man, we got it easy. We just we cover one sport. You're you're all over the place, man. So, uh, so yeah, we're no we won't complain to you by any means. So he is uh, Mike Youngblood, the uh, one of the play-by-play uh, announcers for the Texan Live, also the voice of the Cavaliers, the Lake Travis Cavaliers. So we look ahead, Lake Travis boys, six uh, A semifinal, uh, five uh, five p.m. on Friday, April fifteenth versus the woodlands who you just talked about who you got to see up close and personal um thoughts on that match it's a, a contrast to styles like i like travis does, does so many good things in ball control they pass really well they're creative i mean you, you've alluded that you know maybe there were some moments defensively that you looked at and you go eh, maybe that that's gonna have to tighten up a little bit but I, I told you the thing that I saw when I saw him play Westlake was this team has an it factor that it believes in its mission. And it was a you know senior night. It was temperatures in the 40s, like 20 mile an hour winds. It was absolutely miserable. And I'm, what, I became a believer when I saw that group just totally dismantle and just play with their hair on fire in a match that didn't really mean anything. The district seating had already been wrapped up. Uh, both these teams kind of do their path, and this is just one last warm-up game. And, you know, for a lot of programs and a lot of different sports, if, if the game doesn't necessarily matter, it might, it might be a rivalry, so to speak, but the fervor and the energy that they had turned me into this instant believer that they were on a mission this year to, to, to rectify what's happened. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit about sometimes the timeline just helps that you take a loss that's pretty devastating – and the timeline of your program or where some of your most talented players are goes from junior to senior year. Then all of a sudden, you know, that built-in experience, I think, has played uh, so much of a huge factor. Like, uh, you know, I th- think I saw the quote that they felt more relaxed and settled just because once once they took care of Harlan, I think they they had a whole 100% faith that they, they knew where their energy level needed to be and the style. They, needed. they, they are just so much fun to watch. Like, that's... What, what has really made me fall in love with the sport, uh, at least around here, was just so many incredible playmakers that you know, we're doing the Vandy round. And yeah, you're trying to be impartial. You're, you're like, I love to get excited, but like, I jump at a goal and I punch a hole like right to the tile up there in Vandy. I don't think I punched a hole, but at least I knocked the tile up because I just couldn't believe what I saw. So that they're an unbelievably fun group that is going to run into a defense that, that is pretty stingy. 
that can run with a lot of different guys, but a really solid goalkeeper and Noah Shepard for the, they played earlier this year. And it was one of those moments that the Woodlands, I think, took self-reflection on and said, okay, this is the path forward. Right. And have, have rattled off 17 straight. So they can't count on a team that has gotten better and understands who they are and, and are pretty well balanced, I think, uh, in all phases of the game. Yeah. Jeffa, you got anything else for Mike? Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I'm, let's say they do get by Woodlands. How do you think they, uh, you feel about KD7 Lakes or Plano? I know, I know a lot of the Region 4 teams here have been dominated by the Dallas area teams in the last year, minus like the last year with, with, with Lee. But Dallas has been the focus with a lot of the high school soccer programs, a lot of the nationally ranked teams. How do you feel about them, you know, matching with, with Plano or even KD7 Lakes? I, I, until they've shown me otherwise, I have ever reason to believe that they're just undeterred by all of this. And, you know, this doesn't appear to me to be a group that that's really that, you know, concerned or doesn't believe that it's not the best team on the pitch every time out. And I think that that mentality is so much more important than, you know, okay, is this, is this team faster? Are they schematically better? Like the belief that you see, and the way these guys carry themselves is just so inspiring. And I, I think their messaging when you read stuff and, and how they act, it, it doesn't leave me with a lot of concern that I'm like, oh, I don't know if these guys, I don't know where their heads are at. They're very well coached and they're, they're a hungry pack of dogs. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know enough about it just because, you know, again, I'm kind of in my own shell of things I'm trying to catch up with, but uh, it's going to be a huge task nonetheless. But I, to give you a coach speak, I'm sure they'll tell you they'll just take it one game at a time. He is uh, Mike Youngblood of the Texan Live. Uh, really appreciate having you on. Uh, having you on here, Mike. Uh, I know you'll be joining us in the uh, probably in the in the next week or so with our state tournament wrap up. I know. Uh, uh, Rafa and I, we're still in the talks as far as how we're going to do our coverage for the uh, the uh, the format for our coverage of the state tournament as far as whether it be kind of a, a post-day wrap-up every day, shorter increments, and, and then or a long, uh, as we did last year, a long uh, a long end of turn end of uh, state tournament coverage on Saturday or Sunday. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh we look forward to having you on. One thing I will highlight is that that one that five to one loss the, uh, that the Woodlands had over Lake Travis back on January thirteenth, their only loss of the season. So uh, yeah, that- I, I mean, just a shout out to just to make sure people know, like uh, NFHS covers the the championship, so I mean, we will have parts of a, a Texan live crew. I don't think I'm going to be on the call, but you guys were so instrumental in helping me feel like I was even like a quarter bit prepared. So uh, I'm sure the community just is thankful that there are people who are knowledgeable, are really trying to stay on top of things and, and get to know different people. So I, I commend the work you guys do because there needs to continually be more grassroots effort to connect people uh, to the sports they love. and. Yeah, that, I was from a KMAC Sports, a small network, and now I, I get to do a lot of really big games. So, you know, I've, I've been uh, in the smallest of places, and now I'm in a, in a slightly bigger, fa- uh, bigger phase, and 
I get to be some comedic relief for a sport I feel like I still don't know enough about. So th <laughs> thanks for having me on and uh, humoring me for the, for the evening anyway. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again. Uh, thank you again, my man. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. I hope to see you. Like I, I will hopefully see you up there at the matches and, and we can fist bump and you know, talk yeah. more. Yeah, for sure. We'll figure something out for sure. But we'll be in touch. Look forward to having you again. We'll we'll be having you on here soon uh, for more post-match analysis. So until then, he's Mike Youngblood of the Texan Live. Appreciate your time, and we'll see you soon. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. We'll see Take you. Take care, Mike. We'll see you. All right, Coach. Thoughts on anything? Did uh, Mike drop any uh, some knowledge there, so a little nugget or something that uh, got your attention? Yeah, I think he really believes that. I think like Travis is – Kind of getting gonna get it done, and like I said, hey, you know they're playing at great at the right time, and like as I mentioned, it's gonna be one game at a time. But I think he really put it that, that this team is really hungry, and but they're also like I said, they're focused and they understand their role and so forth, and and like I said, they do have somewhat of a do to have a target on their back as well. So because the pressure is also a little bit on them because it is kind of in their backyard there in, in the Austin area, you know, so, you know, I think not to be able to deliver would be a disappointment for them. You know, I think they want to finish, like I said, finish the fight. And like I said, I think they have, like I said, they have all the tools to do that right. you know, this weekend. Right. So awesome. So we start to look ahead now, uh, state tournament, the, the teams that have uh, punched their ticket to state, right. What are, uh, what are some, maybe some key matchups here? So we're going to pull up uh, pull up the screen here really quick. And uh, so, again, looking at some of the key matchups or all the, the tournament schedule, I should say, uh, for for uh, this uh, this coming week. Uh, it's, it all starts off Wednesday, April 13th with both 4A girls and 4A boys matchups followed by on uh, Thursday, April 14th, the 5A kicks off, and then we, we will also see the – in between those, the girls and the boys, we will see the 4A girls final. So this this group here, maybe you look at day one, possibly day two, 4A, 5A. What are you looking forward to here, Coach? I think the interesting matchup is going to be the actually the first game. I mean, Solana, they've been that team that's been – Put in a bunch of goals on a lot of teams, and and are they going to do the same thing this weekend? You know, I know, I know that I know this. They had scored what seven goals and didn't allow anything. Um, I think they've only allowed. I'm look, kind of looking back since March third. They've only allowed one goal. That's that's insane. Right. And 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 that tells you something. That program, you know, they were kind of a, they were the sleeper program last year. Nobody thought about them last year, and they took it as far as they could. They had a really, like I said, with their leading scorer, um, and she comes back again, and she's she's been also on the ter uh, Taylor Zdrowski. I think Taylor, Taylor yeah. Z. Yeah, I I I've stopped uh, trying. I keep butchering that one, so I know someone has to remind me of that. So I I've. I've shortened it to try to not be disrespectful of that name. Yeah. Taylor's the, the uh, Texas Tech commit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Salina just, I, I think, you know, my impression, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations of this and it had, it, this was before obviously Bernie and Lumberton were in the picture. Um, 
it just kind of seemed like my take was, I know you were leaning a little bit more towards Stephenville, but mm. my impression was always uh, that uh, Heritage and Salina were on this collision course, right? Um, mm. So thank God they're not in the same region, right? So what would have been a, a tragedy was if Salina, Midlothian Heritage, and Stephenville were all in the same uh, in the same region. That would have been that would have been just we would have been the losers there. So um, all right. So what else you got, Coach? Well, well, I'm going just to finish on that. Just the big the big thing I think for Bernie girl for the Bernie girls is really shut. If they can shut her down and contain her and try to have someone else beat beat you know beat them. You know, Bernie's got a legitimate shot, you know, because they've beaten quality teams. They beat a really good Cal and team, and and that's momentum going into this one. So, uh, you know, Celana can't take them lightly, and this is this is not you're not going to see no five six nothing game. This is this is going to be a close, com very competitive game. Uh, same thing. I think Lumberton was really competitive, but I guess I think more likely you may. I think a lot of people may want to see like that Melothian Heritage Salina final. I think they're looking to see possibly that. Boys side, you know, uh, what can you say? Is it's all about the Bernie Greyhounds. They've, you know, and we had the pleasure of having their coach on, and he, like he said, you know, pressure's not on them. That's how, they, and that's how they've been playing. And I think they made a statement. They made a statement over the weekend, uh, blowing out Progresso and blowing out Taylor. You know, they sent the message to Stratford and Steve and Salina. and said, "You're gonna you're gonna get your hands full with us, you know, this this weekend." So, I, like I said, for me, they're gonna be, the, I think, my favorite to repeat on that one. Yeah, you know, you you go back to the four A girls there, and I think the the wild card, I guess, if you will, for lack of better words, might be the Bernie girls, right? Just because they're you know twenty. 23 and five they didn't win district and yet somehow in in a lot of people's eyes they were just kind of they were to be considered like as if they were down right and yet here they are right so if there's anybody that's going to have something to say about this uh how this plays out it's going to be them right it, it's i think it's going to be them so yeah uh they're they're surging they appear to be surging at the right time and because of Salina and because of the defending champion still there in the picture in Midlothian Heritage, they're just maybe they're just not quite getting the same pub that uh, that they're used to or that they've received in the past. So, and then yeah, same thing on the boys' side. Uh, it's you know the you got the defending state champ in the mix there in the Bernie Greyhounds, and yeah, I mean with them they're just you talk about that piece of being mentality monsters and. Coach, you know, Coach Strong has just got them. He's got them locked in in a way to where they're very dangerous because they're playing as if they just, you know, they don't feel that pressure to defend their title, you know. So, um, and it, it's it's showing in their results, you know, it's showing in the results. So that will be an interesting uh, that'll be an interesting uh, state tournament there as well on the boys' side. So looking forward to. Uh, to day two on Thursday. Thoughts there, Coach? Day two. Um, well, you have the Giant Killers, the Bernie champion, going against a very good grapevine team that I'm sure now they're, like, very nervous about this game because if they say, hey, if they can knock off Drippin' Scenes, they can knock us, knock us out. And, and and I think, like I said, this, this is probably your dark horse – 
Renate Champions now become the dark horse team out of the four teams here, you know, and and they like I said, they're putting the pieces together right. They're finding a way to win, and and that's and that's and that's going to help, especially in a very tight game. And if you mentioned that the longer it goes, say remains close, you know, as long as you have a chance, it just takes one little, you know, one, one opportunity to, to make, to make a difference and get that win. So that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, what can you say about Wakeland, uh, Houston versus Dallas, uh, Houston versus Dallas matchup. So that's going to be a very good game. And then the boys side, um, Dripping Springs, like, um, the, the, like they mentioned, um, they were, Austin Simpson had a rank at six. Um, we knew they had a good team, you know, and, and they were probably one of the top for us. You know, it was like one of the top three as far as five A boys. They're probably one of the top three programs for five A boys soccer. You know, you know, we had other ones like Brownsville Portal was another one. We had uh, Southwest and so forth. So, uh, so I'm I'm sure they like I said they're they're happy to be there, and like I said they can they can come in and. You know, surprise some people like kind of like what the girls did last year, yeah. and, and, and I think that's they're probably taking the same page like they did. Hey, you know, you know, if the girls can do it last year without being talked about. Hey, this is this is maybe our opportunity. Um, but then the other game, like I said, Frisco Wakeland. You know, like I said, they're that's the dynasty right there, and you're going up against a team that's an upstart. Can the upstart knock off the dynasty? And We'll, we'll see what happens there in that game. Yeah. 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 Uh, we look forward to day three. So Friday, April 15th, this is where we'll see our other finals. So 6A will kick off on this day with the semifinals for first the girls followed by the boys, but with the 4A boys final there in between. Thoughts on that day? Uh, lots of soccer that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Maybe the UAL needs to kind of maybe split up different areas for that to. I think it's yeah five matches between both Thursday April four, or ten matches I should say, between Thursday and Friday April fourteenth and and Friday April fifteenth. Yeah, I don't know how those NFHS announcers can do five straight games without getting sore throats, but um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Like I guess who is in that four A final, uh, but the five A the six A girls. Um, you got that one. Uh, you got that rich, rich point team that's been, has been on, on top of a lot of ra- power rankings, national rankings. Um, but I'm sure they have their hands full with that Rockwell team that no one really expected them to, to do really anything, and they're here. So that, that could be a trap game for them. And then the the other game, um, that's going to be a really good game. You got two. Uh, kind of like two teams that are almost like a mirror image of each other, as far as pro, you know, they're all they're both of them have really good. They're all good in every single sport, especially the football, you know, basketball and so forth. And uh, and I had the pleasure of watching South Lake Carroll play. They have a really good team. I know they were missing one of their their one of their key players, but she's back and she could be that difference in in, the, in this game against Westlake, but. Westlake will have you know the their the home the home little home field advantage there being in the Austin area so okay. that's going to be a, a really good matchup and who's to say we end up end up I'm, I think a lot of people maybe want to see their a Ridge Point South Lake Carroll final I, I think that would be the two kind of like the two t- two Titans for the for the girls six A boys like I said we meant like we talked about 
I, I think maybe this is uh, this is a state championship to Lake Travis to lose. You know, they have to win. I think they're gonna have to. Fi- they gotta finish the job. I think they broke through, knock off two quality teams. This is a year to do it. You know, and I, I don't think they want to be disappointed. Like they got the disappointment last year because, like we mentioned, last year was the de facto, quote unquote, the de facto state championship against Lee. In that classic, they went to a shootout, and I think they want to write, uh, erase all those wrongs and turn into a right and come back with the trophy. But they're gonna have their hands full with the Woodlands, and then the other game that's gonna be, I think that I think that's an intriguing game, Seven Lakes and Plano, because it's like Houston, 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 Dallas matchup, and and I know about uh, Seven Lakes. Ever since they've opened up, they've had an awesome soccer program there. And, you know, they have quality teams. And I had a friend out there that used to coach in that district. He said, you know, the talent's just some – they don't they don't rebuild. They reload every year. So, mm-hmm. any any you know, like I said, any of the – any matchup could be could be great in the final for, for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one thing in looking at that first 6A girls semifinal matchup uh, with uh, Ridgepoint <clears throat> – excuse me, Fort Bend, Ridgepoint, and Rockwall. Uh, obviously, Rockwall is – they're they're surging. They're playing. They're they're believing. They're playing very confident. Uh, do not look past them. Ridge Point, ironically, just something to point out is they are the lone remaining undefeated team in the field in in all of boys or girls four A to six A. So uh, you can argue that right based upon whether strength of schedule or what have you. Uh, but Ridge, it's not like Ridge Point was playing cupcakes either, though, right? So they scheduled a. Uh, a strong, strong, uh, strong season, obviously. So 26 and 0 versus 21, 3 and 2. So got to dive into more than just the records, obviously. Uh, and South Lake Carroll, South Lake Carroll returns after their first return trip since 2019, I believe. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so, so yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of roads point to Ridge Point versus, uh, versus Carroll, but uh, Rockwall and Westlake will have something to say about that. And then, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We've talked about it repeatedly in terms of Lake Travis uh, and the Woodlands. There's a storyline there that dates back to the one lone loss for the Woodlands was versus Lake Travis back on January 13th. And then, you know, a very worthy uh, Region 3 champion in Seven Lakes, very strong uh, Houston squad taking on a uh, on the DFW squad there in Plano, which has a rich history. So uh, we're... Uh, we're in line to watch some fabulous matchups. And then, of course, these games, uh, that leads us to Saturday, uh, Saturday's finals, where we will see it's it's all finals on Saturday, both, uh, as you can see on your uh, on your screen there, 5A girls, uh, 5A girls final kicks off at 11 a.m., followed by approximately, again, these are all approximate times in the event that games do go to overtime and, if needed, uh, Penalty uh, penalty shootouts, but 1.30 is the 5A boys final. Approximate time for the 6A girls final is 4 p.m. And then we will wrap up at approximately 6.30 p.m. with the 6A boys final. So, final thoughts, Coach? Uh, this is going to be a great, you know, it was one, it was four days of, of state playoff soccer and and you know some intriguing matchups, you know some surprise teams, you know that we didn't think, you know, just because like well, where the where the, the regions were, the you know how stacked, 
like I said, it, it just like this shows a lot of the quality of the soccer a lot of these regions have, and it's really difficult to go through through them. You know, you have like your like your region one for six A boys. You know, that's that's a gauntlet there, and for for Plano to get out through there, you know, to knock off Keller and to knock off a really good uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> El Paso Eastlake team. You know. Right. That that just shows you the quality of soccer there. Same thing, you know, here, you know, here in you know, region four too, you know, with six A boys or girls, um, even out out to the east in the Houston area, so, you know, you know, uh, with um with seven lakes and then and then region two. Region two for four five A's is just, just as brutal as, as well. So it's like I said, but it's going to showcase a lot of the best talent that we have in the, here in the state, and uh, and I think we're becoming a state that you know a lot of the pro, like I said, a lot of the college and pro teams are really looking to find, you know, like you know, to find those players of the future, you know, for, for you know for the national teams or for MLS or or even in Europe, you know, right. you got Ricardo Pepe, you know, with players like them, um, so it's. It's it's good to have be recognized here. The state of Texas is just not only known for football, but we do have a lot of soccer talent here. Yeah, and again, for our uh, in, in case you're just joining us, joining us, or for our listeners that will be listening later on uh, the audio podcast, the ticket prices for this uh, this week's state tournament will you can go if you go to just Google, go to the UIL uh, UIL Texas website, enter soccer state championships under there under spectator information which is one of the tabs on your left hand side you'll be able to find all the key information for the soccer state tournament spectator information guideline sheet it tells you in there everything from purchase uh, for ticket ticket prices to parking to uh, prohibited items there at Brucklebach field again it is a UIL sponsored sanctioned event so different kind of different rules a uh, little bit more uh, I guess picky, if you will, for lack of better words, than what sometimes fans are used to for the the average game. But uh, single game, single game, no entry ticket price is fifteen dollars. The all tournament re entry authorized ticket price is thirty five dollars. And uh, if you go actually where you see that uh, those uh, there is a link there right above that says purchase tickets here you click on that and I'm, I'm assuming it's all it's all digital obviously so tickets have been on sale as of april 5th uh parking five dollars and then your list of prohibited items there that will be where you'll be able to also access i believe uh just state programs at some point they may load the state programs if they have them there uh by a certain time so that will be your go-to spot for all initial specific uh, event information at Berkelbach via the UIL. So, uh, and then my last, my final thoughts, uh, first and foremost, uh, congratulations. You know, we started, we started on Friday with so many more teams that either bowed out in the semifinal or the regional final. Congratulations. Keep your heads up. Congratulations on great, on phenomenal seasons, because to make it that far, there are only so many teams that are still playing across the state at that point. So and then we get to the state tournament here and every team, every team is already a champion, right? They're all a champion of their respective regions. So um, obviously only one team will remain 
on the last day, last day of the season, will re, will remain uh, the team standing. Uh, but lo- really looking forward to a uh, high quality uh, state tournament across all classifications. I know we've been giving a lot of the love to uh, 4A in particular because it's a very loaded group. Uh, 5A and especially 6A tends to get more of the love, but get out there, go out, support across the board on both sides of the house, the boys' side, the girls' side, and from 4A to 6A because it's very much needed. You know, one of the quality or one of the uh, important questions, the hot topics that come up oftentimes is, hey, the, you know, football is at AT AT&T, you know, AT&T Stadium. Basketball is at the Alamo Dome. You know, why can't we be at a bigger venue when it comes to high school soccer? Well, if you want to make that happen, get out and go out and attend the state, uh, attend the state tournament if you can, even if it's just one match or um, um, I get it. It's a, it's relatively central to a percentage of the state. Uh, but if you want to go out there and it, and it is during the week, but that's no different from what you see um, from the, uh, the football tournament, you know, the, or the football uh, championship edition at AT&T stadium. So if you want a, if you want to push the argument for a, a different type of venue, a more, you know, a higher uh, quality venue, whether people throw out Q2 stadium or different, you know, different Q2, uh, whatever, different uh, stadiums, then we got, we have to be able to show that more people are attending, uh, attending the match there first at, at Berkelbach, which by all, you know, shout out to Georgetown ISD. They, they put on, they host a phenomenal event. It's a great venue. It's a great facility. Um, but for the people that oftentimes mention that they often do it. And when you ask them if they've ever attended a state tournament, if they've ever gone, a lot of them will tell you, no, a lot of them will, or they'll, they'll talk about the price or they'll talk about the distance or they'll talk, but you know, that's the way to do it. It's like, if, if we want to push that argument, push the envelope, that's the way we do it. So thoughts on that coach. Yeah. I mean, for those like little soccer peers about wanting to play and, in a soccer specific stadium, if you if you want to accomplish that, you know you gotta have that. Like you mentioned, you gotta have the crowds out there. Um, and like I said, we've gone to so many games and we've seen some great crowds, you know. But I honestly think it could be big. I think it could be bigger, um, you know, for high schools out there. You know, establish your uh, supporter groups. You know, the proteins doesn't need a. You know, they're not the only ones that can have a supporter group. You know. Have a have a supporter group for there among the high school students that they can run and do chants and stuff. And I think that can build up your your base of of, of of fans to come to those games. And and maybe the UAL starting to notice as hey, you know what, we do need to have the games at Q2 or at Toyota or or the Toyota in Dallas or even even the one in Houston, you know, the, in Houston. You know, if you know the high school football can have theirs at Jerry's World High School and then basketball at the Alamo Dome or even, you know, baseball has it at, at the Ron Rock Field or the UT, UT Baseball Stadium, you know, why can't the soccer as well? But it, it comes down to b- building the fan base and so forth. And those are some ideas that I think can help out. And, you know, and I think eventually, hopefully we'll get to see, you know, you know a televised game there on, on Bally Sports, you know, you don't have to be on the, <laughs> the, the other neck where, you know, you can actually see a high school soccer game there on like Valley Sports Southwest, you know, so that way the whole showcase, you know, the soccer programs here in the state. And that's going to be a benefit for the players because, 
that network is going to see where all those college college coaches can watch the talent that we have over here in the state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, episode five of Inside Texas High School Soccer. Again, we talked about, we looked back at last, this past weekend's regional tournaments. We looked ahead to the, uh, the upcoming state tournament, which kicks off on, uh, on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. Uh, excited. Uh, great time. This is kind of the, the culmination of, of a special season, of a long season, a great season by all means. And uh, we'll be here with you every step of the way. Uh, be on the lookout for more information as to our coverage, how we're going to go about this, because I know we're still in the works, still have to decide whether if we're going to do, um, as I previously mentioned, short kind of short wrap-ups at the end of each respective day uh, or and or possibly a long end of uh, at the end of the state tournament a uh, longer extended episode so we will be back with episode six soon so stay with us keep uh, you know keep uh, keep promoting supporting us we uh, we cannot thank you enough in terms of your support getting the word out uh, to our viewers to our listeners um, again, you can find us uh, on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod on at YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast on Instagram at, uh, at 50 underscore 50 podcast. So, uh, again, that I get that question a lot. Twitter is just pod and Instagram is podcast. So, coach, uh, where can uh, where can they find uh, the uh, SA Soccer Roundtable again? Yeah, we're also on Twitter, Facebook and also on YouTube, I think. This week, I think we might have, a, like I said, the high school roundup, I think Wednesday. And then we may have a special for the Copa Tejas. Uh, first Copa mm-hmm. Tejas game versus El Paso it's gonna, here in San Antonio is gonna be this Saturday. It's going to be the rival, one of the rivalry games. And um, so we're looking forward for that game. Who has who has the best tacos, San Antonio or El Paso? We'll, we'll find out. Um, and also the uh, shout-outs to SAFC. They won. Big win last night against the defending USL champs. Got some little revenge with a 1-0 win at Orange right. County. So right, yeah. SAFC's been the road warriors there, winning three games on the road. So we're, we're happy for, they bounced back from that, that game that they lost to Phoenix. So so kudos to them. I thought you were going to – I was waiting for the plug, the uh, U.S. Open Cup uh, plug. That's oh, what yeah. I was yeah. Yeah. That yeah. You're um, so busy over here. You're worried about tacos, man. What's going on? Well, the other game we found out is we're going to be ho- sanitizer is going to be hosting the I thirty five Derby with Austin FC or how we like to call them the Broccoli FC. Here, oh. <laughs> sorry, Austin. Oh, wow. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to love our, our San Antonio team, so we're looking forward to that game and hopefully we can win, knock them off, and go to the go to the fourth round of the of the US Open Cup. And then we, we, that, may be some, we may be getting some firepower pretty soon because we got yeah. all getting a forward back. So Let that, the record show that was Rafa that dropped Broccoli FC, not me. Okay, so <laughs> all right. So no, yeah, good, great matchups that are coming up. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, for our listeners, thank you for your support. We sincerely appreciate you. Uh, let's let's get after let's get out you know on twitter instagram whatever in terms of social media let's keep it classy obviously but let's get out try to support out in whether you're going to Brickleback or via i guess nfhs network let's get out let's support uh the uh the the special week that is the state tournament week that'll be running from wednesday to saturday so you know what to do uh thank you again until the next time keep downloading and keep listening 
You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.